It's Robin Marshall. Some call me Sugar Mom. Why? Because I'm of the age where I can really do and say whatever I want and still love everybody that I care about. But it's me time, just like it's you time, by taking the time to listen to my podcast. See, that's how it works. I want to talk about fantasies. Sexual fantasies. Actually, I want to talk to you about the most popular sexual fantasies for women. Let me just say, these are the top 10 fantasies that all women have. And I'm starting with number 10. Maybe you'll feel less alone by the time I'm done with you. Also, I want to say to you that I'm going to be talking in a sexier voice. And it's not because I'm trying to turn you on. Don't be ridiculous. It's because I'm going to try and help you to imagine that fantasy that you've been storing in your head. Got it? The first fantasy is meeting up with a strange man, someone you've never, ever laid eyes on before, but he's good looking. Finding a hotel or motel, going inside, and having the most wild uninhibited sex you've had in forever. I mean, stripping yourself literally and figuratively inside your mind of any embarrassments or hang-ups, nothing, just raw sex. And you know what's really hot about it is when you're all done and you get up and you look at each other, you still don't know each other's names You don't know where you're from. You get to walk away in your own directions and hang on to that night for the rest of your life without worrying about anybody knowing you were there. Who's going to judge you? The worst part about it is you're going to want to do it again. Another popular female fantasy, group sex. Being undressed in front of a bunch of people who are also not dressed Allowing different men and women to touch you or penetrate you is incredibly sexy. Now, moving on, some women love to dominate men. You know, maybe they're married to a man who calls the shots at home. Maybe they don't feel equal. Maybe she'd like to spank him or order him to perform certain sexual acts upon her or to himself making him beg for what he wants, or having him suck on the heel of her stiletto shoe. (laughs) That one's not for me, but there are women out there that like that, and God bless them. Hell, I'd be happy if he just did the dishes. Some women like to perform in front of an audience of sorts. In other words, with your sexual partner, You will have sex in front of a group of people. I guess it's sort of like if you know you're turning others on, it would heighten the intensity of the sex that you are having with that partner. And if it's all women that are watching, it makes the female partner feel even sexier at times because these women feel like they're participating in an erotic kind of movie and it gives them a feeling of empowerment. See? There's something for everybody. Now, is this the kind of conversation you expected to have today? How about being dominated? Do you like to have a man tell you what to do? How to 
lick or touch or grab or be grabbed or call him master? Mm, that's a bit much for me. And yet it can go the other extreme where you deny and deny and say no, no, no until he ties you up to the bed or grabs a convenient pair of handcuffs because you've been a bad girl. Now, is it getting hot in here or is this just happening to me? How about being with another woman? You have to admit you've wondered about it. You've had to picture what it would feel like to be with another woman. Every woman has. It's just not every woman that'll do it. And you know that the man you're with is dying to see you do this. It's just a matter of whether he could keep his hands off of her. <laughs> but the idea of touching somebody else that's soft like us and doesn't have all that hair all over their body and kissing her, it just seems that it could be very, very erotic. But can we be real here? That man that's watching would have to be tied to a chair with his tongue hanging out because there ain't no way he's keeping his hands to himself. And that would depend on you as to whether or not you'd want him to participate. Well, what about dancing? Just let yourself go for a second and picture this. A very well-dressed man picks you up in a very expensive car. You're wearing something very tight and seductive with very beautiful high heels. You are dressed to the nines. And he takes you to a strip club, but a very elegant, high-class strip club. And you decide to get up and dance. You get in the middle of all those girls, and they just part the ways and let you grab the middle pole. And you start to dance, and you just hold on to the pole, and you sway to the music, and you get into it, and you grab it, and you start unzipping the back of your dress because you know you've got killer lingerie on underneath. And that man that brought you is sitting in the front row, and you can see he is mesmerized by what you're doing. And you step down off the stage, and you straddle his lap. My God, what kind of a fantasy I'm getting myself crazed over here. And then for him to say, unzip my pants, finish your dance. I just about fell out of my chair just now. But wouldn't that be hot? Come on. What about having two men at the same time? Have you ever done it? Oh, I don't expect you to admit it, but imagine two men playing with you at the same time. That's one of the top three fantasies. We all think about it. We need one for the top and one for the bottom. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Imagine all the things they can do to you with four hands and two members. God damn. The only bad thing about this is you probably would want this all the time. Normalcy would just fly right out the window. That's what I'd always be afraid of because it's so tantalizing to think about having all of that going on to me at the same time. Holy moly. Now, I've been working my way backwards to the top fantasy. And this is the one that's right before the top fantasy. And I'm going to be honest with you. I've never, ever thought about this. But it's here. The second most popular fantasy for women 
is to act and dress up like a man. I mean, right down to having a penis, like a strap-on dick. That means penetrating your mate. I don't know if I could do this. This is a bit over the top for me, but it may not be for you. And I'm not saying anything negative about what you're thinking. I'm just, don't shoot the messenger. I guess it's about having a man in a vulnerable position that's a turn on. Okay, but I saved the best one for last. It's rape fantasy. This is the number one fantasy. They want to play. Women want to be innocent and naive and unknowing little girls who get taken advantage of by devious predator-like men. Like being pushed up against a wall, having our arms pinned against our heads with one of his hands while the other makes its way under your skirt or inside your bra, ripping off your clothes, forcing your legs open, and kissing you with such a forceful kiss. And dude, if you're listening to this, remember, two hands on the keyboards. But you should take this seriously because these are the top 10 fantasies of all women that were polled. And the funny thing is, I found a lot of this information in a place called The Healthy Place. It's America's mental health channel. So now that I've told you the top 10, I don't know what to do with myself. I can't go to work. I I can't just sit here. I've got to somehow fix myself. You know? Anyway, this is one of those podcasts that I really enjoyed doing. Because it's so forbidden to talk about this kind of stuff. And I get off. I get off. I admit it on talking about forbidden things. There. I said it. Hmm. I hope I jump-started your day a little bit for you so that you can tonight have something to look forward to. Just think about it. That's all. Pick one out of ten. Have a great night. (laughs) You deserve it. And you know what? I bet you're wondering, who the hell is she? Like, how did she become sugar mom? (laughs) I'm even wondering it. But I'm going to tell you how I started out and how I wound up where I am today. Coming up in just about, mm, if you start counting now, 30 seconds. Talk to you next time. It's Robin Marshall. It's Robin Marshall, America's number one sugar mom. You know, I've been thinking, you don't know me from Adam. You don't know where I've come from, where I've been, how I got here. So I figured I'd give you a little bit of background and it might help you appreciate me just a little bit more because I've always been that backdoor kind of woman. Not to say that I don't go in the front door first, but if they close the door on me, I find another entrance. (laughs) That's just me. So, I speak for a living. I'm on the radio. I produce commercials and I head up a team of other production people and voiceover talents. And that's what I do every day, aside from talking to you. I'm a writer. Not only do I write commercials, but I write books. The Diary of a Sugar Mom. That's available on my website, sugarmom.net. I also wrote a book called, Is This Thing On? (laughs) It's about radio jocks and their worst on-air moments. And believe me, the book would have you laughing out loud. So, 
a little bit of my history. Back in, well, I don't want to say how long ago, but I used to be a singer in a rock and roll band. No kidding. And it was a really good band, so good that we had several record companies looking at us and we were desperately trying to get signed to somebody's label. We made a record. I lived in New York City and my band and my boyfriend at the time insisted that maybe I have a good enough voice to try and be on the radio as a jock. And then if I was on the air, then I could sneak my record in and have airtime and play it on that radio station. You know, when you're young, you kind of think you can do anything. And things are less frightening the younger we are. I decided to try it. I'd never been on the air as a jock. Not really. And yeah, I thought I had a pretty okay voice at the time. And I would do anything to get that record played. Well, the boyfriend at the time used to be in radio back in college. He had more knowledge than any of us. As a result, he put together a resume for me. A fake resume. And we decided to pick the radio station in New York City that fit our music the most. And it was the rock station in the city. And all these things that he had me listed as having done before on the air, I'd never even heard of in my life. So I had that part done. Now I just needed a tape. I had a friend in New York City that was from Pittsburgh. And that was my hometown. And something about Pittsburgh, I don't know. But once you're from there, I don't care if you meet somebody in Alaska that's from Pittsburgh. You bond automatically. As a result, I called this man and I said, we don't know each other really, but we both are from Pittsburgh. And Well, how are you? It's good to hear from you. He was very, very nice and also was on the air at a station in New York. He also had a studio in his apartment and invited me down to make what is called an air check tape. And that is little bits and pieces of someone as they're on the air, like Hot 97. Coming up next, you're going to hear blah, 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 all that stuff. And then you mix the music in and then the jock talks again and it's called an air check. I went into New York. I went to his apartment, got along famously, made this air check. Walked out very happy because now I had two pieces of ammunition, a fake resume and a fake air check. (laughs) So I walked to the radio station that we were the most interested in. And as I walked in, pretending to be this jock, somebody else stormed out. I asked to meet with the program director, who is the one that chooses people that are on the air. And don't you know, he saw me because the person that just stormed out was a jock that he just fired and he needed somebody in a hurry. (laughs) I sat down across from his desk and I gave him my tape. Back then, that's what we had, cassettes. And I laid my resume down on his desk. We talked for a little bit. He listened to my tape. He hired me on the spot. Now, no, this does not normally happen, especially not in the radio industry. And usually when I tell other people that are on the air this story, they get pissed off (laughs) because they start in Timbuktu in order to get to New York. Anyway, 
They put me on the air that night. I called my boyfriend. Luckily, it was overnights. I put him on speaker, and I said to him, I don't even know which way the microphone goes because it was the kind that flips back and forth. (laughs) Great first night on the air in New York City. He says to me, just talk into it, and I'll listen to the radio, and I'll tell you if you're talking on the wrong end. So I did, and it was the wrong end, and I hear him on the phone saying, flip it, flip it. (laughs) Just an insane, crazy story. And as I talked into the microphone, and he would tell me, your voice is too low, raise the pot, and I would say to him, what's a pot? Do I know what the buttons are on that board? No. Did I know what a pot was? I had no idea. The only pots I'd ever heard of were used in the kitchen, and I didn't cook. And it's the slider thingy that you you know move up and down to raise the volume. There was a reel-to-reel machine that I had never threaded in my lifetime. And this is how it went all night long. He would instruct me by phone, and I would blindly do as he said. That is how I began my career in radio. It was a good six months later that I told them I was a singer and I had a record because I didn't want them to think I was taking advantage. I wanted to be sincere and I was kind of liking it. When I did tell them, the music director listened to the record and liked it and added it to the rotation of music that was aired on the station. For a good four or five months, the record played, and we thought for sure we would get that record deal based on that record, and it just never happened. But I stayed on the air. I stayed on the air in New York City for 25 years and had a great time, really, truly. I also delved into the world of voiceovers, which is sort of how I got here today. I became a radio imaging voice, which is that voice that you hear in between the jocks all day. Smooth jazz, CD 101.9. I was on every jazz station from New York all the way to the West Coast doing that kind of voice work. And then, to my dismay, all those jazz stations disappeared, and so did half of my income as a result. But it was great while it lasted. During that 25th year, I was on the air working for CBS in New York, and I just decided I'd had enough. I wanted to explore other things. I wanted to start writing, and I wanted to start doing more voice work, telling stories, podcasting, writing, blogging. And I was offered a job at the corporate level here in Dallas. Those are all the things that got me to where I am today. My family was going through financial struggles, and my husband wasn't able to work at the time. So, I took the job. I walked away from New York City Radio and took a management position in Dallas where I head up a production team that does radio commercials for all this company's Almost 500 radio stations nationwide. I never thought I'd be successful. I just didn't know I had it in me. And I love it. I really enjoy it. It's what I do during the daytime for a good part of the day. And then came my books and Sugar Mom and 
my deep belief in what a sugar mom is, and I decided to podcast. It just seemed the natural progression. So now I talk to you about things that matter to me, and I hope, as I rant and rave at times, that they wind up mattering to you. Sometimes I talk about sex. Sometimes I talk about marriage, affairs, relationships, my dog, my kids, anything that happens to cross my mind that I feel is compelling enough to share with you is what comes out of my mouth. Am I edgy? Yes. Did my mother tell me I was too big for my britches as I was growing up? Hell yes. Did my father say to me, you and that mouth of yours for my entire adolescence? Yes. But look, it all paid off. (laughs) I'm having the time of my life. (laughs) Just being able to talk with you. I just, you know, think after all this time of you listening to me talk about different subjects that you might want to know a little bit more about me. Maybe I'm being a little bit cocky and assuming it, but it's not intentional. I have five children. Yes, and every single one of them has a mouth just like me. (laughs) I just always picture, what kind of husband will they all choose? Will those men be able to keep my daughters in line? And my son, I always thought he'd either hate women because all five of us are strong ladies, or he'd make a great husband. So, time will tell. We'll see. My website is very important to me, sugarmom.net, because it hosts my podcasts, as well as iTunes and others. It's just so funny how I'm like this tree with a million different limbs and branches, and I walk out as far as I can on each one before they snap. I always like to push buttons. And then I get back close to the trunk and I take another step out and back and forth until I see just how far I can go. I don't know how my mother put up with me. If somebody asks me to describe myself, I say, if you threw Lucille Ball, Julia Dreyfus, Irma Bombeck, Mae West, and Gypsy Rose Lee in a shaker and you shook it all up, you'd have me. I got a little bit of all those ladies in me. And I'm the first one to admit that my dad was right. I do have a mouth on me, or as my mother used to say, piscala. (laughs) They're right, okay? I admit it. They're no longer here, but I'm telling them, and I know they can hear me. Because we never stop being the child, even when our parents disappear. They're always our parents, and we are always their kids. So... Once you're a parent, you never stop watching. Sometimes it's a little disconcerting. Other times it feels kind of warm and safe. But I'd love to know more about you now. There's plenty of room for you to click reply on my website or any podcast stream. Tell me about yourself. What is your latest passion? I truly believe at our age There must be something we're passionate about, and it doesn't have to be sex. It could be something that you did 20 years ago that you just forgot about or got pushed aside, and you want to do it again. I'd love to know this about you. This has become my passion. 
and I'm loving every minute of it. My kids aren't so thrilled with me. I guess, you know, what child likes to hear their mother talk about sex? And I say to them all the time, one day you'll grow up, you'll be my age, and then you'll understand. And I'll be dead, but I'll be watching you, <laughs> just like my parents are watching me and still shaking their heads. <laughs> I can't wait to hear from you. Please feel free. Just click reply. It's Robin Marshall. Thanks for spending time with me once again. A Westwood One podcast production.